Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Let's try this out instead. everyone you heard the music today is our early special christmas episode or or hanukkah we don't um whatever holiday you celebrate we got them both here for you a little themed episode here no it's a little early because you guys will probably be only listening to this on december 10th but we thought with everything that's coming up soon we're gonna have a lot of content we have to get out so we'll have a little christmas episode for you all today before stuff pipes back on up um episode 28 Alrighty, um, me and Chris are here yep. as always. We're gonna have another special guest later on. This time it's Anthony, who's like George, who we had last weekend, a writer at the blog. So he'll come on to talk about some of his recent articles. So episode number twenty-eight, Jersey number twenty-eight. I'll go first because it's my boy, number twenty-eight, Anton Volchenkov. He was Ooh. my boy back in the day. Good choice. Um, not back in the day, but when he was on the team not too long ago. I love the way he played. Just threw that body around. Didn't care. But who you got? Twenty-eight, Chris. Uh, I have Brian Rafalski. I thought you might go with like Damon Severson. Well, yeah, Severson was the easy one. I'm I'm also a Damon Severson guy, but I had to go with my boy Anton Volchenkov. But I remember Volchenkov. He had such a memorable quote, and uh, I remember hearing it. I'm like, it's it's so true. And uh, <laughs> I think it was the playoff game against the Flyers. It was like him and Ronaldo. Like he hit someone very hard like to the point where they had to like get off the ice and then somebody did it to him and they asked if it was like a dirty play and he just responded it's hockey you hit and you get hit that's how it works and i'm just like that is the most beautiful quote i have ever heard (laughs) because it's so true he's talking about so um all right what we got going on today decent bit of current news kind of popped off here the past couple days so we'll talk about that Mm and then get into our christmas topics we're going to talk a little bit about nhl 21 the video game maybe some of you our listeners are going to be asking mr santa claus for the video game coming up here so we'll give you our takes on it so we'll talk a little bit about that and then we're going to go through each of the 31 teams and talk about what we think was the best christmas gift that the team gave their fans this offseason what move they made we thought was the best for the fans and then we're going to end it with anthony joining us we're going to put together our own christmas list for what we want to see the devils do this season or what we want to see happen anthony already released a couple articles with items he wants to see happen for the devils he'll come on give a couple more we'll give our own so that'll be a fun way to end this episode off so first up, it's been reported by a ton of people. I think Jesse Granger, who's the athletic reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights, said that Vegas is shopping Max Pacioretty, Jonathan Marshall, and Marc-Andre Fleury. The first rumor came at Pacioretty, and it was also – and on that Marcel and Flurry were also subject to some rumor, uh, rumors. Vegas, of course, is over the cap right now, so they'll have to make a move to get under it. 
Um, yeah, so it was funny because I remember them talking about trading Flurry, and then they're like, no, we're not going to trade Flurry. Flurry and um, Leonard are our guys. That's going to be our guys' training camp. Now the rumor popped back up. Regardless, I don't think we're going to see the Devils in on any of these guys. Definitely not Flurry. Pacioretty, he's eight. He's still like a really good hockey player. Yeah. He's the elite hockey player. Contract not too bad. Only a couple more seasons at seven mil. I just don't know if Fitzgerald's in the market for another top six forward. Marshall's an interesting guy. Um, he, he's he's a solid like middle guy, but I don't know. I, I don't think the Devils are going to get involved here. I could be wrong, but yeah. who knows. I mean, I think that whole situation is interesting, and I'll, I'll touch into it a little bit when we get to, like, the Christmas gifts and stuff that we talk about for there each team, because I kind of dabble in it there, but it's it's pretty interesting that we keep hearing these similar rumblings out of Vegas, and it's basically copy and paste with a different name, so... <laughs> Yeah, they're going to have to move somebody. I mean, at the end of the day, whoever they move, they're probably still going to be in the Western Conference Finals come the playoffs, but we shall see. So our favorite time of year, the Forbes team valuations came out. Basically, if you guys are unfamiliar, Forbes always comes out with these articles that basically tell you how much each team in a certain league's worth. They drop the NHL. The Devils come in at number 15 on the list, which I think is a pretty respectable spot given their yearly attendance. But, um, it's funny. I'm looking at this list and it has the operating incomes listed for each team. And like probably 90% of these teams, 95% of the teams are all in the negatives, their operating income, given what's going on in the world right now. I'm assuming that has something to do with it. But um, the Devils, they're in the positive. They're four mil in the positive. Good for uh, Mr. Josh Harris and David Blitzer. Yeah, but- that is good. Anyway, they're hanging around 15th. The normal cast are at the top. The Rangers into number one. Maple Leafs, two. Canadians, three. Blackhawks, four. Bruins, five. So that's your top five. See who's at the bottom. I'm sure it's not going to be surprising. Yep. The Yotes are 31. The Panthers, 30. Yeah. Jackets, 29. Sabres, 28. Jets, 27. It's funny. Usually, like, when you look at these lists, the teams are at the bottom. They're usually the teams you hear about. And, like, if there was ever a relocation of a team, like the Yotes and Panthers are both teams people have thrown out in rumors about possible relocations. But anyway, that's just a fun little article. Um, <laughs> About time, guys. But I think we are officially going to be getting hockey back soon. So it's been reported by many that – the NHL season is all but confirmed to begin on January 13th with training camps opening on January 1st and the season's going to be roughly 56 games. Now, it is seen to see how they're going to work the season in terms of division and everything. Pierre Lebrun dropped a tweet today actually that explained what the realignment's going to probably look like. And keep in mind, this realignment's based off of travel, the limit travel because of COVID-19. So there's going to be an all-Canadian division. So that's the – let's see if I remember the Canadian teams off the top of my head. Canadians, Senators, Flames, Jets, Oilers. Help me out, Chris. You got five out of five. seven. You got five out of seven. I don't know. My brain. Did you say Calgary. Yeah, I did say Flames. That was the last. That's okay. exactly what I said. Uh, Vancouver. Uh, I don't think I said. Yeah, I don't think you said Vancouver. And uh, Toronto. Toronto. I didn't say. So yeah, yeah. that's your Canadian <laughs> division. Um, your other Western, or I guess your West division, would be Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, L.A., San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. Your, I guess you could call this like 
Atlantic-ish division mm-hmm. is – or no. It's like the – I don't know. But it's Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Tampa. So this is where Yikes. you're really starting to see the blend of Eastern and Western teams. You got Chicago in here, Minnesota in here, and Nashville with majority Eastern teams in that lot in the last division, which is a pretty darn good division. Definitely the best division of all the divisions listed on here. Mostly Boston, the Metro Buffalo devils, Islanders, Rangers, flyers, penguins, and capitals. I guess you could argue maybe the Canadian division, but I mean, that's a pretty darn good division. Um, yeah. Mm. So keep in mind here, everything has to do with travel and that's why they're laid out like this. I mean, me and Chris both agreed that second division outside of Carolina and um, Tampa Bay is a mess. You got yeah. Columbus. You got so you got two teams in deep rebuilds in Detroit and Chicago. Then you have just a bunch of teams you don't expect to really compete for the playoffs if they even make it. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say like would be surprised if they made the playoffs, but they're those teams that are going to be battling, would be battling for playoff spots. Like Columbus, we know they're supposed to be bad every year, but they keep doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Florida is always in that conversation for playoffs every year. Minnesota is always right there. Nashville is always right there. So. You got very two top-heavy teams, and you got meh, and then you got really bad stuff there. Um, the Devils division, projected divisions, kind of it's it's loaded. Um, it's the yeah, Metro. It's basically the Metro. But add in Boston, Buffalo. Yeah, just add in Boston, Buffalo, and you have the Metro, and you take a little teams out of there. But yeah, that one's loaded. Um, the Western one's not terrible. You got Colorado, Dallas. St. Louis and Vegas, so that's a strong core four. And then the Canadian teams. I mean, Canadian division is pretty good when you think about it. I mean, you got Ottawa, but besides that, all the other teams are pretty darn good. So that's going to be a fun division. Yeah, I mean, I get why they have them set up like this. It's based on not just time zones, but regions. They're trying to keep like teams from traveling as much as possible, but... I mean, I, for me, it's like a fear of that second division teams getting into the playoffs that shouldn't, which we kind of saw with the expanded format. And then um, do, does how much does it affect stuff down the line as well when it comes to like drafting and stuff like that? Because obviously you play the teams in your division the most. And for the Devils, we're used to kind of playing in the Metro and playing against really solid teams. Hey, if you're on Team so, Tank, you're going to be happy this year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. There may be some teams that make the playoffs that if they were in normal divisions and stuff, they might not have. Um, and that would be good for them in the playoffs. But if they're a team that's closer towards like building the team rather than competing, maybe it's detrimental to them. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So just just thinking here, um, it, maybe if you dive a little deeper into it, because I totally agree with what you're saying, how that second division is really weak. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, right? Say you take the top three teams from each division. OK, yeah. you take Carolina and Tampa, who would definitely be a playoff team in the other format. Then you get one team that probably might not be, maybe should have been a playoff team. So that's three, two, definitely one. Eh. Um, the first division, you're going to get three teams that are bound to be playoff teams. Um, the the third one, you're going to get three teams bound to be playoffs teams in Dallas, St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. So you're definitely going to get three there, and you're going to get mm-hmm. three Canadian teams that deserve it. So even though that second division is bad, if they go that format where the top three teams are going to make the playoffs – yeah, it's not terrible, but like you said, the record may be inflated because they're playing 
against each other or weaker teams. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't know how the schedule is going to look yet. Maybe they'll cross them over a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm ideally all up in arms about it. Yet, yeah. But I could see why people may be a little upset. So I hope in this format to kind of safeguard against that fear that they just do another year of the old way of playoff seeding, which is you give the winner of each division, the one and the two seed, and then the rest is just best points percentage in the conference or not points percentage, but total points that I think they should just do that with these divisions instead of trying to do the top three in each division and then two wild cards, just do it. The top, the top team in each division gets one and two, depending on who has more points. And then the rest is just whoever has X amount of points and stuff like that. So yeah, back in the day when they just had the, they take the top eight best teams in each conference and call a day. That's how it should be still today. Like what the NBA does. There was only one time where it like backfired and it was actually our cup run in 2012 like Florida won the South division, I think it was that year, because uh, the it was just bad. So they got the three seed for being a division winner, even though we had like more points than them. So yeah, I I, I'm, I would be a big fan of them just saying screw it and go the way the NBA does it and one through eight in each division you move on. You know, I think that's the best way to do it. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got for you? So we'll move on from there. So the World Junior Championship is very soon. We're going to be talking about that on an upcoming episode. Keeps on leaking out that some guys have COVID or COVID precautions and aren't going to be able to partake in the tournament, which is a bummer. But you always got to keep your eye on that kind of stuff. I think they're bubbled up in Canada for this event i believe i haven't done my world junior research yet so i'm, sure if I'm incorrect i'm sorry up. yeah they have a bubble they definitely do i just forget where it is i'm pretty sure it's in canada um I'm trying to think if there's anything else i think that's it news wise right chris uh yeah i believe so all right cool so we're gonna move on now to our uh, little christmas part of this episode we're gonna first talk about nhl 21 the video game if you're of Gamer, I'm sure you played the NHL games in the past time, and I'm sure our not older listeners, but our listeners that were more um, that played more of the older NHL games. What, what's like the classic ones, Chris? Like NHL '94 video uh, games, like that. That's that's the iconic one. Um, that's like the arcade style when they bring mm-hmm. it up and stuff like that. That's that one. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm sure you guys have all played NHL video games before um we're going to talk a little bit about nhl 21 um in the spirit of christmas maybe you're asking the big man for it or some whatnot ch- some chill action for the boys yeah so basically let's give our backgrounds on how much we've played nhl series to what type of video gamers we are um for me, I got myself an Xbox, and I play a lot of sports video games. I've definitely played a lot of NHL in my day. I usually buy the game every year, regardless of how it looks, and I'll play it. Um, I'm a big franchise mode guy. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, ultimate team type dude. I play Be a Pro sometimes. Big franchise guy. I'll play some EACHL with my buddies, but I'm mainly the franchise mode. Um, how about you, Chris? What do you usually do? Yeah, I'm pretty similar. So I've I've gotten the game usually every year. There's maybe one year in between where I don't get it now. Um, but I'm the same as you. I like the franchise mode. I've played the Be a Pro mode. That's pretty cool too. I don't really do Ultimate Team in uh, Chell. I do Ultimate Team in Madden, which I haven't bought Madden in probably like two or three years. Um, it's <laughs> much. Um, but yeah, and I, and I enjoy playing in like the EA Sports Hockey League. I think the uh, what they did with the three-on-three, one-on-one, like pond hockey, I've done that a couple of times. It's pretty fun. So, 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's good stuff. I'm a big guy, uh, big fan of the EACHL they have. So, Chris, I believe you said you didn't pick up 21, right? The last one you played was 20. Yeah, I have the one with Austin Matthews on the cover. I haven't bought this year's. Gotcha. So 21 was probably released maybe a month ago now. I don't I know. Think so yeah. In it's... this COVID world, time flies, so you kind of forget when stuff was released or whatever. It sounds but... like the correct timeline for an NHL game. Yeah. So NHL 21, Mr. Ovechkin's on the cover. Um, so this one, they really kind of focused on the be a pro mode. They tried adding like these like cut scenes and decision making type deals. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty cool. It spiced it up a little bit, but it kind of just gets repetitive pretty quick, kind of with any video game that has those features in there. Mm-hmm. So I liked their angle on it, but just gets kind of competitive or repetitive pretty quick. I think for me, it's basically the same old type of stuff as for the gameplay is you could tell it's definitely a little smoother there's like different deeks and stuff i mean i'm not that coordinated to be able to pull off some of the wild stuff you can in this game mm-hmm. just more of the casual like you know just normal type of stuff but yeah the gameplay is definitely smoother what makes me angry and they feel like they haven't fixed this in years and it just keeps getting worse and worse is the ai play like especially in the eachl with the computers it's just brutal yeah they're just stupid it's like it's like a bomber you're playing with your buddy and you have them like throw a pass that goes in your net and you're like yeah okay (laughs) you know yeah i remember last year it was like the super aggressive poke checks from the goalies that was like a big thing and (laughs) it was because they were trying to fix a different issue where it was just way too easy to you know de goalies out of their skates (laughs) so yeah no i mean for me i i think it's very very hard to score in breakaways i think it's too hard but i might just be bad um other thing i feel like this has been the issue now for the past like three or four years with these video games or NHL series games is it's very one dimensional. The ways you could score. I feel like it's either a one timer on the crease on like, or like a one time or two on one, or it's, it's basically that. I mean, you could f- score off the occasional. I really like the tip-in animations yeah. they added. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But, I mean, it doesn't happen all too often. And also, if you take it right, when you come through the zone, you could snipe it in the corner. But besides that, it's just a lot of one-timers off the crease. It's like a really one-dimensional scoring. Like, I don't I don't feel like there's many unique ways to score, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's definitely that's, – that's definitely one strat, I guess you can call it, to playing gel. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been on uh, both – doing this and on somebody else doing it against me where it's just mass havoc is the strategy so just keep taking clappers from the point and just trying to like crash for rebounds which is you know they'll they'll do that in real life too uh i've seen that it's not one of the more popular strategies it's normally the one timers or uh trying to dangle but yeah no i got you um what else so they did change franchise mode a tiny bit i still feel like they need to revamp that and bring back connected franchise i urge you i mean everyone wants connected franchise back that was just that was a glory days when they had that but anyway they added like a trade frenzy at the trade deadline thing it gives mm-hmm. me flashbacks of like the older nhls where you'd have like the phone pop the up blackberries yeah yeah <laughs> it gave me flashbacks of that it's a really really cool interface like they show who's like the most targeted trade mm-hmm. asset the deadline it shows each trade it counts down kind of like how fifa does when you're at, i don't know if you're a fifa guy but when you're playing like whatever they call it, franchise mode or whatever they call it in FIFA. It ticks down every hour at like the transfer window. So that's a really cool feature. Like I said, takes me back to the older NHLs. But besides that, they haven't really done much to, uh, to the 
franchise mode. They last year they tried Chris. I don't know if you were familiar with this. They mm-hmm. added like coaches and stuff. Yeah, I mean that was which, pretty cool. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool, but I mean it's kind of. I don't know if you have this issue, but I feel like it's really hard to manage. Like it just weird things happen. Like this coach can't yeah. do this thing and type of deal. And they added too much. Like you have a goaltender coach and you have like an assistant and an associate. Like there was just too much for me. Yeah. It, it's basically, they, they aren't doing a disservice to the BAGM mode or, you know, whatever. I think they, I think that's what they call it or something like that. If you're trying to get the experience of being a general manager, that's an actual inter- that you're going to have. Um, they're going to, you know, you're going to interact with coaches. You're going to do trades, stuff like that. But I think it's like the show does it this way where like they have your franchise or be a GM, but they also just have a just a season mode where it's kind of like a stripped down version of GM and, and franchise. It like just focuses on you playing baseball with a team whole season and that's all there is to it It doesn't have all the uh doesn't have all the extra stuff like contracts and and stuff like that and caps so maybe that's something they look to do in the future um i remember last year just going off your trade talk with the trade deadline i really liked the trade enhancements that they did in last year's game i felt they did like a decent job balancing trade value and stuff like that and i was kind of skeptical that the trade search or whatever would come back with some really crazy trades and i think initially it might have but i think they like patched it over time like the algorithm for it Mm -hmm. and i i I found it to be a really cool feature last year when i was playing the uh, franchise or be a gm whatever it's called yeah i feel like that's something that's definitely got better because usually you could just like throw like like a couple first round picks and you could get like Connor mcdavid if you wanted but you can't really do any of that oh, stuff yeah. anymore which is great yeah i'm i'm a man of realism when i play my uh be a, be a gm games and i have fun stuff so that's good to see yeah um yeah i mean so chris we'll kind of wind this discussion down here what was your favorite favorite nhl game of all time like do you have a certain year you remember like really playing or you really enjoyed i think the one i played the most that i had the most fun with was when Stamkos was on the cover. It might have been NHL 12. I can't remember. I think it was the last game before they overhauled the physics because I remember, I think, Giroux was on the cover when they did that, and I hated it. I hated it the next year. Um, And it wasn't necessarily the gameplay. It was me being a hockey player, playing that game, and the physics not letting me do what I know I physically could do and I'm not an NHL professional player that like, it was just so aggressive, but uh, I think NHL 12 was stamp coast. It was the year before they brought that massive physics engine in. Uh, that was the last one that I probably played the most and I enjoyed the most. Yeah. So that's funny. You say that that's like back in the glory days when you could like hit people on the glass and the glass would break and yep. stuff. And yeah, that fun stuff. I think hit people into the bed. I think it was still so like NHL Bill Clement and Gary stamp coast one. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was still Bill Clement and Gary Horn or Gary Thorne too. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so NHL 12 was the Stamkos one. I played a ton out of NHL 17 with Vladimir Tarasenko on the cover. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one, but believe it or not, my like sweet spot for these games were like NHL 13, 14, which is what you were just ripping. I think. Yeah. That's the Drew Brodeur one. Yep. Um The Brodeur yeah. one I like better than the Drew one. I remember they scaled down the physics, and I was able to play that one with a lot less frustration. <laughs> See, I'm trying to remember when I really got into the NHL video game series. I'm pretty sure it was around like the tw- 12-ish one or whatever. But yeah, that's probably my favorite. Um, I mean, NHL 21 overall, 
I feel like it's just kind of like the same old stuff and they somehow yeah. kind of ma- making it worse because they're just kind of overthinking everything. They're changing things they shouldn't change type mm. of deal. But I mean, if I you're had, into um, your NHL games, go ahead. I had a, a, a 2K NHL game one year. Yeah, they uh, when they, they were, start making those, like 2K14 or something like that. Yeah, I forget when it was. It was definitely something to do with an exclusivity deal that EA got from the NHL, which I just I hate, and I want the NFL to do the same thing. Like, let 2K and EA both make your games. So that way there's competition. It yeah, encourages them to keep, like, updating them. Yeah, 2K and NHL was pretty fun, too. Um, I forget what year it was. I think it was, like, Ovechkin on the cover. But... There was like you could replay like the Miracle on Ice as a, as a scenario oh, really? kind of thing. Yeah, like they had it. It was really cool. That was two K ten. NHL two K ten. Yeah, it was, was like on the one cover. of the last two Ks that they did. Well, so. MLB two K was a great video game too. Those were fantastic video games until those went away mm. forever uh, for whatever reason. But MVP Baseball two thousand five, Manny Ramirez. I was more of an MLB Power Pros guy. I don't know if you remember those video games or not, but anyway. Um, yeah, that's our NHL video game discussion. Um, well, this is something different for you guys that we talked about. Some so, chill action. Yeah. So we'll move on now to probably our longest segment here. We're going to go through each team and tell you what we think their best move of the offseason was, kind of like a Christmas present to give their fans, if you will. So we'll start in the Metro with the Washington Capitals, Chris. What's the best thing the Washington Capitals gift their fans with this offseason? So for the Washington Capitals, I'm going to say the best gift that they gave uh, their fans, in my opinion, is potential, potential being the emphasis, goaltending stability. Um, I say this because Holtby is no longer there, and there's no secret he was struggling there. Um, Samsonov looks like he's ready to be the the next guy, um, but I'm not going to ignore that he also had a pretty serious injury this offseason related to an ATV incident supposedly in Russia. Um, So if he can recover from that, you know, and keep being the emerging star that he was. I think signing Lundqvist was a really good move for the Capitals. And Lundqvist has made it clear, you know, he's he's not just going to be content with being a backup. He's going to push for that starting job. He's going to make Samson off earn it, which, you know, is, is good for any team. You need that internal competition on the roster. So potentially goaltending stability, that's the best thing the Caps gave their fans. So mine is letting Braden Holpe walk. <laughs> kind of similar. <laughs> so kind of related, yeah. Yeah. So Braden Holpe really just uh, – I don't know if he'll figure out um, in his new landing spot, but he was just not all that great anymore in Washington for whatever reason. So letting him walk and bringing Henrik Lundqvist, I think that's a pretty good trade-off to uh, work with Samson off. Um, Philadelphia Flyers, honestly, they did not have a great offseason. <laughs> I was like kind of – not just me being – Man, I hate the Flyers type deal. Yeah. But um, I couldn't find much. My number one thing, I guess, here is Oscar Limbaum has continued has has continued getting healthy from his cancer diagnosis. So that's mm. great to see. Yeah, I mean, Definitely add on to that, thing. I think um, I think Nolan Patrick might have been skating recently. Um, still like a young prospect. Don't know how he's going to turn out. He's had the migraine issues, which was a serious concern for his ability to keep playing. But I think I saw recently he he skated at least. So who knows? Maybe he's finding a way to battle through that. So is that your gift as well? Yeah. I, I again, Philly was pretty quiet. So yeah, they were. So Pittsburgh Penguins, what do you got? Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I got getting a second round pick for Matt Murray because I think Ottawa overpaid a little there. Uh, time will tell. Maybe Murray, you know, corrects me. 
Um, but we'll see if Jari is the answer in net for the Penguins. You know, he was last year, but now it's official. He's the guy. It's his net. There's no, you know, waiting in the wings. So, so mine is like their fellow Washington Capital division mates is trading Matt Murray was the best thing that happened for <laughs> Penguins fans this offseason. So another similarity there uh, between me and you. Moving on to the Hurricanes now. I got their draft. <laughs> Just their draft as a whole was a great gift for Hurricanes yeah. fans. Seth Jarvis, Noah Gunler, and Zion Nybeck were I, three I of their picks. That was just a lovely draft for them, so I'd be very thrilled yeah. if I was a Hurricanes they were, fan. They were pretty quiet through free agency. They signed Jesper Fost. Um, Which is but, a good signing. Yeah, that was another yeah. another one you could have put here. But. I mean, the thing with Carolina is they're just they're set. They're transitioning to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. If I'm Carolina, the only area I really look, if I'm spending money, is goaltending just to have more stability. I've mentioned me personally. I don't have the most faith in the tandem. I think that Morazic can perform, but he needs to keep developing. So that's the only area that could be like a weak spot on on Carolina. They're set throughout their lineup. Yeah, no, Carolina's great. Uh, moving on now, Islanders. What you got here? I would say that the Islanders, any move that requires freeing up cap space, is a gift for the Islanders. Unfortunately, that meaning moving Devon Taves is kind of a negative, but in the end, that's the best gift the islanders can get right now from the or their fans can get from the organization because they need to free up cap space yeah so i had a little bit of a tough time here figuring out one for them i have the impending arrival of Ilya sorokin as their christmas oh, that gift. is a good one that is a good one so columbus blue jackets are next the best thing they did this offseason was by far acquiring max domi yep so that's their gift to fans i think you're in agreement right yeah max domi they've shored up that uh they're yeah, really good down Emerson. the middle. Yeah, they're really good down the middle right now for their center position. So, um, New York Rangers, I'm sure we'll both agree here. Draft lottery result and landing Alexis Lafreniere was the best gift they gave their fan base. Of course. Yep. Um, now our Devils. What do you have here? The more time has gone on, the more it's kind of been on my mind. I am a bigger fan of the Corey Crawford signing. More in the fact that I believe we may finally have stability in between the pipes. I hope because it's been a roller coaster the past two or three years. That would be, I would say, the the biggest gift. I know we made a lot of good moves, but I think that even though it might not be the biggest name per se or contract out of everyone, is probably the most important. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's a great move. I was a big fan of that move. I have the Ryan Murray trade just because yeah, that, that should too. bring instant stability to the Devils' top four, and that's something they haven't had in a while if he could stay healthy. Yeah. So Ryan Murray trade is for me. Um, we're moving Atlantic now. Boston Bruins, I have the Craig Smith signing. It was a really good deal, three years, $3.1 million, and I'm a big Craig Smith guy. So that's what my gift to their fans, I thought, Boston brought them. So what about you? For Boston. I'm going to have to agree. I mean, there wasn't too many moves that Boston <clears throat> yeah, made, I don't think. Um, I, I can't even remember how their draft went, to be honest. I'd have to look it up. Um, but I agree. I know you were very high on Smith. You wanted the Devils to sign him. Yeah. So. Tampa Bay Lightning um, got re-signing Mikhail Sergachev to a team-friendly three-year $4.8 million deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm 
similar there too. I got successfully walking across the thin tightrope for managing their salary. You Still know, they got that though. Yeah, they're not done. They're they're getting there, but they sure, resigned uh, Sergeyev. They'll probably end up moving Tyler Johnson. Um, basically He's already gone Oh, he is already gone. I thought on yeah, cap friendly. Yeah, they Still there. They bought him out. Uh, I thought they bought him out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I might I might be wrong there. I thought I saw him on cap friendly still there, but um, yeah, basically just getting these guys resigned, Shirelli and Chernak, if you can get them signed while moving pieces that can be replaced, uh, such as Tyler Johnson. So navigating that tightrope, I would say, is yep. the best gift Tampa's given their fans. <clears throat> Moving on, Toronto Maple Leafs. What you have here? Um, for me. I think Dubas, this is one of his best off seasons he's ever had. He's finally making moves that address the Leafs' needs rather than just loading up on talent and minimizing cap space. And I think that is a tremendous thing for the Leafs fans. Great gift by Dubas this offseason. Yeah, so my specific move I had here was TJ Birdie signing. I think $5 million a year for him is a yep. steal. The term wasn't too pretty. I think it's four years, and he's already 31 or whatever, 30 maybe. Mm-hmm. So term's like, eh. But, I mean, that's really good value there for uh, Mr. TJ Birdie, really solid top four D-man. Yeah, I mean, they addressed their defensive core. I think it's a lot better now than it was last year. You know, you got Muzzin, Riley, Brody, Hall, Sandine, Dermott, and you got Bogosian as well. Could be a seventh D-man there. And just the moves they made as well. I mean, we got we got Andreas Janssen for them, but we gave up AHL All-Star Joey Anderson. And when they traded away Kapanen, they got the 15th overall pick, which turned into Rodi and Amaroff. So. Yeah, the Kapanen deal is really good. I was a fan mm-hmm. of that deal. Uh, I didn't like the Wayne Simmons signing, and I didn't like the Bogosian signing. The, both of those players are not good anymore. I, I know technically yeah. that's the whole mindset of they need to get tougher or whatever, do, but yeah. I don't know if that was the right way to get tougher with those two guys. Um, I, I think thought it was... Joey Anderson was... Joey Anderson should be a fine player, but I thought they should have probably got more for Andres Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really did love the uh, deal with the Penguins. Rodion Amira was going to be a hell of a hell of a player so yeah Thorne and Simmons also just give besides the sandpaper I mean sandpaper's more Simmons but just leadership you know veteran leadership because this is a team for the longest time that's been young their biggest veteran with the most experience has been basically Tavares and then your next one down is Morgan Riley I'd say maybe Freddie Anderson <clears throat> um, they just needed more veteran experience well, and a Jeff veteran Thornton, voice right? in that locker room yeah they brought in Joe Thornton last year it was basically just Jason Spezza besides I would say John was Tavares was Marlo still there last year or they trade him they that was a couple years ago they traded him traded him no they traded him last draft because they traded him to Carolina for a first and then he wouldn't yeah. sign with Carolina he signed with San Jose so yeah. I, I like overall just <laughs> tremendous offseason by Dubas that's the best gift he gave Leafs fans yeah, I like the Brody signing in particular. Like I said, I don't know about some of the other moves, but anyway, uh, Panthers—they did a lot, believe it or not. Not they like a ton of big things, office, but I they think. were busy. Um, my biggest thing for them was getting Patrick Hornquist for Mike Matheson and Colton Seaver. <laughs> Mike Matheson's not all yeah. that great, and his contract's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Colton Seaver's whatever, but Patrick Hornquist pretty still pretty good solid player, especially on a power play. So I like that move the best for them. Yeah, no, I agree because I remember looking at like Pittsburgh's trades this off season, and some of them I was like, did they get what they should? I mean, I know the Murray deal. Like I said, they did a good job getting a second round pick there, but. Um, yeah, I agree. Patrick Hornquist, that that acquiring was the best gift that Florida gave their fans. Uh, moving on to the Montreal Canadiens, I have the Tyler Toffoli signing in particular. Yeah, I mean, I have just Montreal being aggressive in general. Um, I think Bergevin knows that Price is still in his prime, but 
that window is starting to get shorter and shorter as the year goes on or years, seasons go on. So just being an aggressive offseason for Bergevin, not kind of taking a backseat because uh, Montreal is kind of one of those teams that benefited from the expanded playoffs, I would say, where they feel like they're closer than maybe they might have thought they were if there was no expanded playoffs. So, yeah, um, it, it was funny. I stumbled upon an article earlier. I forget where it was from, but they wrote about their favorite part of the Canadians offseason was the trades they made. If you think about the trades they made, so they acquired Jake Allen, mm-hmm. which I mean, he's a solid backup, but I mean, he's making yeah. a lot of money. Like they have like 16 mil tied up in goaltenders. Now the yes. other trade they made was bringing in Josh Anderson for Max Domi. So I don't know if I agreed too much with that part of the yeah. guy's article. I agree I with that more pretty of the funny reading. Foley signing and the yeah. uh, extension for Gallagher. Yeah, no, I agree there. I don't know about the trades they made, but anyway, Buffalo Sabres, the Eric Stahl trade for Marcus Johansson, getting Eric Stahl for Johansson, I think was by far their best move. The tail move is nice, but I mean, that's $8 million in this, in this type of economy. So anyway, I think, are you going with the hall signing? I am going to go with the hall signing because even though I didn't expect him to be there, it's a one year deal. Um, worst comes to worst you still can get something for him if you're not in the playoff picture and who knows maybe he falls in love with buffalo i don't think he does but who falls you in love with know. buffalo come on now <laughs> sorry bill, if we have any buffalonians out there but uh, bill's mafia you get him get him no. <laughs> anyway um ottawa senators um who do you have here i'll let you go first what um, move do you have So, Ottawa, I think... Let me see if I can find them here in my notes. Um, Ottawa, I think, just did a good job with their their top two picks in the draft and just the draft overall. Um, I I would say that's the biggest thing for them. Uh, They brought in Matt Murray. I don't... I'm not 100% sold on Matt Murray, but maybe he is... He turns into their guy there. Who knows? But I think the draft is the next one for them. Jake Sanderson and... Did they get Jake Sanderson and... Why the heck can't they I remember like the other They had like two and five, didn't they? Two and five or two and four? Jake Sanderson and the um, German kid. I, I did so much draft research and I'm just <laughs> blanking on these. Tim Stutzel. Stutzel, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I like the Stutzel pick. I don't know about the Sanderson one, but um, anyway. My here is the Evgeny Dadnov deal. I think it's a complete steal and made no sense to me. Three years, 15 mil for Dadnov. That was a really good solid deal. Um, Detroit Red Wings, I got drafting Lucas Raymond. Yeah, I, I agree. Just I, I wanted him to be drafted by the Devils, but instead we got his teammate, which is fine by me as a consolation. Actually, he has more points total, too, in the SHL right now mm-hmm. if they want to play the point total game. But anyway, yeah. St. Louis Blues, Central Division, Who you, what you have? What occurrence do you have, Chris? So, best gift they gave to their fans, great asset management. You trade Jake Allen, who's giving you a 4.35 million cap hit. You get a seventh round pick from Montreal and a third round pick. Uh, and you replace him with, I believe it's Vili Huso. Forgive me if I'm saying the name right. Cap hit of 750K. So that helped them out. He posted a 2.56 goals against average through 42 games. And then you lose Alex Petrangelo. But you signed Tory Krug to six and a half million per year, and to put that in perspective, the Blues were paying Petrangelo six and a half million per year in his final season, and he signed with Vegas for eight point eight million. So just great asset management overall by the Blues. That's yeah, that's a you gift. had a you had a very nice way of explaining it. Um, I'm interested to see if Huso will be enough though. I wonder what they're going to do with their backup goaltender because Huso only played in the. Uh, 
AHL last year. His numbers were okay in 909 save percentage, which is pretty solid down there. But anyway, I'm interested to see what they do back there. But mine was just Krug replacement of Petrangelo. I mean, that's a pretty good consolation prize. But anyway, you had a nice way of explaining it. Um, Avalanche did a lot of good things, but I had the Devin Toes Doge, uh, trade as the best one. Yeah, Taze. Devon, Devon Taze, I agree. De- De- I think, uh, Devon Taze. I think a underrated defenseman out there on the island. Very underrated. Very good defenseman, like yes. a top two defenseman type, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Dallas Stars, what you have? Dallas Stars re-signing Anton Hudobin. I mean, they're going to have you, Ben Bishop friend. back next season, but they learned firsthand how important it is to have a good, competent backup. So, Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Nashville, I have a trade for Nick, Bo- Nick Bonino. Um, traded him for Luke Coonan. That's kind of a weird trade, but that's what I have here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there because there wasn't really too much I could think of for Nashville, to be honest. Um, they signed Matt Benning. That was a guy that I would, wouldn't mind the Devils to taking a flyer on for the bottom six or bottom pairing defenseman. But anyway, Winnipeg Jets, they snagged Cold Perfetti at 10. That was a steal for them. <laughs> yeah, really good, really good move by Winnipeg there for sure. Uh, I'm trying to see what I had, if I had anything for him. I don't think – I can't find oh, – for me, it was bringing back Paul Stastny. That was my gift that no. they gave their fans because Line A performed very well uh, with Stastny, so hopefully that continues. Um, the Jets only gave up Carl Dahlstrom and a fourth-round pick to get Stastny from Vegas. So, Yeah, so – that's a good one. Yeah, I got Perfetti here. And then for the wild, I have stacking Marco Rossi at nine. Yes. So another draft selection. Yep. yep, I agree, Marco Rossi. So the Blackhawks weren't very busy this all. They were busy letting people go. But um, the best thing, I think, for their fans was the Dominic Kublik extension. Yes. Yep, I agree. Uh, moving over to the Pacific, I'm sure we'll agree here. Vegas, do you have the Alex Petrangelo signing? Um, Vegas, I, I do. It's a it's, uh, – I have it a, a little bit different. I just put that they're continuing to be aggressive and, you know, acquiring assets because it's very clear that to them it's Stanley Cup championship or anything else is unacceptable. Um, but to me, Vegas has got to be careful. They're playing with fire right now. Uh, you don't want to be constantly signing guys and then turning around and trading them within a year or two. It's not good for your team. Uh, it can give you like a bad reputation, which hurts when you're trying to bring guys in. So, it's a business. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just something to keep in mind in free agency in the future. If they keep doing it, it's something a player is going to think about. So they're playing with fire, but I, I like that they're still being very aggressive with their offseason. That's the gift they gave their fans. Clearly championship or bust. So that was another Kind of agreed there, but you had the much more nice and fancier way to say it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Edmonton Oilers have the Tyson Berry signing. Yeah, I agree. I had um, the same Vancouver thing. Canucks, what you have here? Uh, I had just the smart release and acquisition of players. I think Benning did a decent job this offseason for them. You know, he let Markstrom go, uh, albeit to Calgary for $6 million, a division rival. But you signed Braden Holtby to back up for $4.3 million per year. Demko's the, the guy there. It's, it's his time legit. to take the reins. Yeah. And, you know, they acquired Nate Schmidt from the Golden Knights for a third-round pick to replace Chris Tanev, who, you know, had a great season, but he's normally had some injury-riddled seasons in the past, and I think he benefited from playing with Quinn Hughes a lot. Um, And Tanev is, you know, getting paid a little bit less than Schmidt, but I've... 
James knows I was very big on Schmidt. <laughs> I wanted the Devils to trade for him when I heard his name in rumors. So I think just smart asset management by Jim Benning. He's not done, but I think so far he's done a good job. <clears throat> yeah, I have the uh, Nate Schmidt trade here for the Vancouver gift. Um, Calgary Flames. I, their offseason besides bringing in new goalie was kind of quiet. Um, the thing I had here was they drafted Jeremy Poirier, who's an offensive defenseman in the third round of the draft. Some regarded him as a first-round pick, so I thought that was really solid value there. That's a yeah. good gift to fans. Yeah, I mean, I just put it as not giving up. Like, clearly, they did not have the season they were expecting, but they went out and they got Chris Tanev. They went and got Jacob Markstrom. They're trying to address the needs that they can. Just showing their fans not giving up. We are still completely in this. Um, who we got next? We got the Arizona Coyotes, and they just have a whole bunch of coal for their fans. They just gave their their <laughs> fans instead of Christmas gifts, they gave them a whole bunch of coal. So I didn't have anything here. I, <laughs> I didn't even know what to say here. Well, don't worry, Arizona fans. I do have a gift for you. It's um, not John Hayden, is it? You you spoiled it. No, I'm kidding. Um, just stability in the front office, um, combination of you know the dedicated new owner, but also general manager Bill Armstrong um, served as assistant GM for the St. Louis Blues after being promoted from their director of amateur scouting and worked with his brother Doug. Uh, and they were both obviously there when the Blues won the cup. Doug was obviously general manager, president of hockey operations, so I'm sure he learned a little bit from him working there in St. Louis. So I think just some stability in the front office and ownership. I can't really remember the last time Arizona had that. So that would be my gift that I would say Arizona gave their fans. Sorry, it's fans. Um, Chris was much more nicer than I was, but I can really think <laughs> much here for you guys. Anaheim, I have the Kevin Shattenkirk signing. It was kind of a weird deal, but I mean, Shattenkirk's quality player and yeah. they brought him in. So good for you guys. Yeah. Good for Shattenkirk. You know, um, it, he, benefited from that year in tampa um i'm gonna say the mighty wing reverse retro um no i'm kidding the i would say their performance in the 2020 nhl draft okay. Jamie drysdale jacob perot i think they did a solid job with their draft hey you know what that's a great one and probably one i should have chose over the shattenkirk sign i don't know why but they had one of the better first couple picks in the draft that's a good one chris i'm, I'm kidding i'm like semi kidding semi not kidding though about that reverse retro i do plan on buying a mighty wing Hey, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool gift to give everybody. But anyway, uh, LA Kings are next, and mine is drafting Quentin Byfield. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Um, drafting Quentin Byfield and continually, absolutely loading up their core of young prospects. So, yeah, LA had a nice little uh, draft. Yeah, I agree. You know, just stock in the cabinet. Um, they're the one team we trail in terms of prospect rankings, usually. How. how how much the cupboard stacked. Um, I agree. You know, Quinn, I feel pretty good. Um, good things, good things out there in LA. Yeah. Um, San Jose. I think this is the other team where I just had, they gave their fans some coal this offseason. They really do much. Um, I guess was Patrick Marlowe like brought back or was he already on there? I don't know. Maybe he's bringing Marlowe back because he's like yeah. the Sharks guy, Sharks legend. Maybe Sharks fans appreciate that. But I mean, besides that, I, there wasn't much going on positively there in the offseason, I felt. Dude, they addressed their goaltending, man. Stop. <laughs> They did, man. They they brought in some some help. They they brought in the the doobie. They brought in Dubnik. They they literally. It's funny. I've seen like 
I've seen a lot of people say how literally they decided to address their goaltending with the only goaltender that was worse than Martin Jones last year. <laughs> so anyway, maybe it'll San, work out. Yeah, Who knows? San Jose, you're like one of my favorite teams out west, but gosh, it was a. I'm not gonna lie, it was not a great off season for you, especially they didn't not do really much having. Besides, yeah. Well, they lost their draft picks. You know. Ottawa had one of their picks. Yeah, so, brutal too. It was yeah, just, a fun just, season. Yeah, y'all did Pete the Bar a favor. It, it <laughs> it'll be hard to have this kind of off season next year for them. Yeah, I don't That's think we'll repeat. That's the oh, gift. There you go. The optimism, you know, yes. optimism on this Christmas, fun Christmas for San Jose. Anyway, hey, they always have the warm weather. I'm not a warm weather guy, but some people are into that. Anyway. um... All right, yeah, that's our Christmas list for our Christmas presents that each NHL team brought their fans this offseason. We're going to move more into Christmas stuff. We're going to bring Anthony on here in a second. He'll join us to finish our last segment out, so we'll bring him in now. Like I said, we're now welcoming welcoming Anthony on from the blog. Like I said, he's a writer with us. He's been churning out some good content recently for us while in this downtime. So appreciate you coming on, Anthony. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about his two articles he wrote, and then we're going to go into the hearty part of this segment. Once again, we're keeping it Christmas themed like this whole podcast episode has been about. So Anthony released two articles. The first one was titled the 2020 21 New Jersey Devils fan Christmas wish list. Basically, he talked about three things he wants to see from the Devils this year that would feel like Christmas presents to him. What he wants to see the Devils do. Um, the first thing was continued growth for Mackenzie Blackwood, which we all agree on. He also wants us to finally see Ty Smith, which I think Santa is going to abide by your quest here. I would be very surprised if Ty Smith is in the Devils uniform come this year. And then a good boy also, this year. Let's hope so. <laughs> then the last thing on this first one was Lindy Ruff be the right head coach. So um, that the Jerry will definitely still be on that one. So we'll see. His second article was like a part two almost. He called it the stocking stuffers, which is a clever title. Um, Jester Bratt is the everyday player. I think Santa will also bring you this one. Bratt should be playing every day. I think that was just a little John Hines type of thing to do. Um, Corey Crawford to excel as a backup. Put up those numbers you put up in Chicago. And then the last one is a bounce back year for PK, which I think is on the top of a lot of Devils fans Christmas lists. So... All right, we'll start her out here. We'll go around. We got three more things to add to this big list of things we want to see from the Devils. We'll go one by one by one. Chris, give me your first Christmas list item. Uh, my first Christmas list item is being competitive for the wild card. There we go. I think we would all be very happy for that. I think that's a very realistic Christmas wish as well. Yeah. So, um, so my if first the divisions one, ring true the way it's looking like they are on ESPN, that's going to be a tough ask. Yeah. Yeah, the we were just 
talking about that actually earlier in the show before you come on the uh pierre lebron dropped his projected divisions and the devils are going to be by far in the most competitive one so anyway uh my number one list is to have a forward with a point total oh actually you know what that's not going to work out this year because they're only probably playing 56 games yeah um, so my whole thing was going to be, if this was an 82 game season was going to have a forward with a point total above 60, because since 2013, the devils have only had forward one forward register more than 60 points in the season. That was Taylor hall. Um, so do the math, whatever the math is, that is like a 60 point season. That's my Christmas list It's for devils forward to register more than like a 60 point season over an 82 game schedule. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> if like they the do 60 game. points in 56 games, it'll be even more of an impressive accomplishment. That would be that very would impressive. Be. But I, I don't just know did how the math. That'd be. That would be 41 points in a 56 game season. There you go. Hit the 42 point mark and I'll be very happy as a uh, pers- perspective devils fan. Um, all right, Anthony, what's your uh, add to your list? Give me another one. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot. I really want to see a bounce back season from Ryan Murray. I mean, we all knew going into this uh, offseason, the devil's biggest need was going to be a left-handed defenseman. And no one expected him to get traded to New Jersey. No one expected him to get traded, period. But we got him for like pennies on the dollar. If he even becomes an everyday player, there's no way you can say that trade wasn't a win. Yeah, so... I'll kind of talk about my second one real quick here because you kind of overlap a little bit. Mine was health to Ryan Murray because the whole deal with Ryan Murray, when he plays on the ice, there's no doubt about it. He's a top four defenseman. It comes down to be to see if he's able to stay healthy. So that was my second item, kind of like the overlap with yours. But that's a great one, Anthony. Um, Ryan Murray talked about earlier is my big acquisition for the Devils this offseason. I think it was a great move, and it brings instant stability to the top four, of course, if he still stays healthy. So Chris, your second Christmas list item. Uh, I would love to not be on the goaltending roller coaster ride again. I didn't sign up for it the past two seasons. Um, I would appreciate that not happening again this year. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, if they stay healthy, Blackwood and Crawford, that is, you should get your wish, but hopefully it works out for them. Anthony, your second, well, this was kind of right off the presses since we just saw the updated uh, divisions or at least what we think the divisions are going to be. I want to have a winning record against the Rangers. I know that's one of those things that in the long run it probably doesn't matter because we're thinking more playoffs, seeing growth from players, but let's not lie to ourselves. We're going to feel pretty good about ourselves if we beat them more times than we lose to them. Yeah, I mean, division rival, uh, one of the devil's biggest rivals there is, of course. And, I mean, you got to beat those teams that, I mean, the Rangers are going to be regarded as one of the bottom teams in that division. So you got to beat the lower teams if you want a chance at the playoffs. So that kind of ma- uh, matches up with your uh, being in the wildcard contention wish as well. So, uh, Chris, what's your last request? My last request is that Jack Hughes just lights it up short simple yeah. you know what that was my last request too i guess i'll um replace my jack hughes to break out and kind of like show he's the pick that everyone thought he was to have a winning record against those flyers i hate the flyers more than i hate the rangers so that would make me happy um and how about you last one i want to see our special teams just do great this year and but eh 
maybe I'll set the bar a little lower, much better than last year. Uh, our power play was terrible until uh, Nasruddin became head coach. And now that we have Mark Recchi on the coaching staff, which was another thing that people didn't really expect to happen. But now that we have him and he's one of the greatest power play minds in the game, I really want to see uh, the Devils break it out on the man advantage this year. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's a great point to bring up about Recky too. That's what he was brought in here to do. Devil's penalty kill is always pretty good. It seems like the power play is the one that's always fallen behind. So, yeah, that's another great wish. Um, all those things, if they were to happen, I think you'd get your first switch of the Devils being right in the thick of that wild card race. Um, is there any, like, honorable mention you had, Chris? Like, any any gifts that didn't make the list that you want to wanna ask for? Um. I think Anthony mentioned it in his article. One of the things was just, you know, Lindy Ruff being the right choice, us seeing that this season. That would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Maybe a uh, another thing I had on my list is the Nikita Gusev extension. Oh, that's something I haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, so he's going to be unrestricted free agent with Kyle Palmieri after this year's end. I'm sure we'll see one of them back. I don't know if we'll see them both back. Maybe that's a little doubtful, but they should bring at least one of them back. Um, I'm not going to get into preferences, but Goose was electric last year, so seeing him brought back would be a great thing. I agree. Um, Yeah. Uh, Ant, do you have any others you want to add here? Yeah, I want to stop seeing the Devils do that dumb drop pass to try to enter the zone. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, you know the always... play isn't going anywhere. As soon as they do the drop pass, you could see it come from a mile away, and no one picks up that puck fast enough. It always ends up getting turned over, and you just see it sit at the blue line. Like I know what's coming next. Wasted opportunity. The drop My pass. blood pressure raises whenever I see it. So yeah, if they could stop doing that, that would be fantastic. It, it works when the rest of the league isn't doing it. It also <laughs> works if you have the right guys. Yeah. The Devils don't have the uh, right guys just yet for that. Maybe, I mean, with Jack Hughes, he's a great transition guy. I mean, the drop pass is a very, like, highly debated hot topic type deal in hockey. It's like a very underrated hot topic in hockey. People have done a lot of work into it. It's just a very interesting concept. I think it's the thing where you need the right guys to run it. So it'll be interesting to see because that just comes back to Mark Recchi, see what he wants to do with his power play, you know? So. Well, it's like the old saying, if at first you don't succeed, try again. But after the 10,000th time of the season that they've tried it and it doesn't work, maybe uh, go back to the drawing board. Try something, anything else. It, I, people complained about the trap the Devils played in the 90s. I would rather watch that than watch them fail at the drop pass because they didn't try it once a game. They tried it multiple times a game. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, love so. watching it too, but a lot of the league hated watching us play the trap. <laughs> well, we were winning, so I didn't mind watching it. Of course. Yeah, the, uh, believe it or not, the trap was a little before my time. That was back in like the uh, mid-2000s, right? Like the 2000, that was like the golden era. I was even and before I was that. Just, it was like 95 yeah, was just, when we won the cup. Yeah, Troy I hated it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot you were young. was before my team, yeah, or before my time. So, um, yeah, I think that's all good Christmas wishes we have. I feel like a lot of Devils fans share the same wishes. And also, they're, I feel like for the most part, Maybe all of them are very realistic things, you know? Um, well, that was my biggest challenge with this because if you ask, like, if you asked me what my biggest Christmas wish hockey related was, r- wise right now, I would probably say to go back to normal so I could go to a game. If you ask 
another Devils fan, they would probably say something like, oh, I want us to win the Stanley Cup. I want us to make the playoffs. I want us to be amazing and Jack Hughes to put up 30 goals, 80 points or whatever. So I had to find the fine line between things that were realistic and things that were within the direct control of the team to actually make things happen. Yeah, I saw one. Um, I think it was the first article we posted of yours where someone said, my Christmas wish is to have a season. So, <laughs> But it looks like we're getting well, that he one. He got his wish. So, yeah, it looks like we're getting that one, which is good. But, yeah, I mean, that, I feel like this was a fun little segment here to continue the whole Christmas episode thing. Um, before we let you go, Anthony, I know you got another article in the works that I got to take a look at for you. Um, the Forbes article, we actually talked a little bit about – how those rating those uh valuations dropped earlier today correct yes yeah so we talked a little bit about them earlier kind of where the devils are situated you want to give us a quick little don't don't spoil it for us because it hasn't been dropped yet it'll be, probably be dropped a day after this episode's dropped so we're looking at a um friday drop for that article but you want to give us a quick little preview don't give away too much but you're sticking me in the friday news drop yeah friday news drop you got prime time my friend <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just a real, real, real quick thing. If you want to get more in-depth, read my article. But uh, the number one most valuable team in the league is the New York Rangers. The Devils are pretty much right in the middle at 15th. A lot of teams lost a lot of money last year, but the Devils actually made a little bit of money. Not a lot of money. I think the final figure was about $4 million. $4 million, yep. We talked but about they that didn't lose any money. So the Islanders lost about $30 million, so Eesh. it could be worse. Yeah, and they got a new stadium to build too. But anyway, well, that's why they lost money because they didn't have a. They they're fighting with Barclays Center. They're fighting with Nassau Coliseum, which apparently uh, is like closed down now because the guy who runs it has no sponsors for it. So they're more or less homeless now, and not only not having a stadium, but they don't have a stadium to make revenue off of. That was their biggest loss of money. So as soon as they actually have that stadium, they could say, we own this, we control this, we can make money off this, they'll probably be making money again. So they're not losing money building the stadium. They're losing money by not building the stadium. There you go. A little uh, economics for you. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll sponsor Nassau Coliseum, Devil's Army Cast Arena. How about that? Does that sound good? <laughs> it's not that good of an arena. And why would they want to sponsor an arena that's two hours away in New York? <laughs> if we want to take over the old Continental Airlines arena, that I would be game for that, but I'm not driving to New York. It's the IZOD Center now, bruh. IZOD Center. She's still standing, too. She gets some concerts once in a while, I think, right? No, she's not. Basketball every once in a while, they, I think. They knocked no. them down? She's actually a TV studio now, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. What? I forget if it's Fox, NBC, CBS, but uh, they use it as a satellite studio for some of their uh, TV shows. They actually built sets on the old uh, ice playing surface. They use the – I'll send you guys the article if you want to see it. They use the old suites as like dressing rooms and production offices. I know the First Aid Squad uses like one of the old locker rooms as a meeting center, like uh, the local First Aid, not the TV production First Aid, but – yeah, they got a good deal from the state, and they said it's really easy to coordinate some scenes to film. They're like, there was one specific – it was a TV show that got canceled, but there was one scene in it where they had to make like a – look like the back of the FBI building in New York, and they just filled it at the back of the Prudential – not the Prudential Center, the IZOD Center, and they said, oh, we just added a few signs, and it looks convincing enough, so – 
That's what that old building's up to. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the article right now. It's on NJ.com. Yep. Um, it says it is currently being used for um, – since that time, state-owned facility has quietly been used as a rehearsal stage by major music stars. And more recently, it's being leased by NBC Universal to film a television series. So there you I go. was reading – if you read in that same article, they say that uh, to keep track of the scenes they're filming, that they'll put on the scoreboard. So, like, if they're filming their third scene of the day, they'll put the three on the scoreboard, and they actually use the goal horn as, like, the... Normally, you hear, like, a horn go off or something on a TV set or movie set that's, like, a quiet on the set. They actually play the goal horn to be like, quiet on the set, we're filming. There, there you go. That's your Izod Center update. Good to see them still keeping keeping the old arena for use. But I know that's what everyone was listening to this for, to find out what the stadium <laughs> we haven't played at in 13 years is up to as it just deteriorates next to MetLife. The long lost history of the treasure of the Izod Center. There you go. Oh, it wasn't a go. treasure. Let's be, it was not a treasure. <laughs> hey, I don't think I was ever in that place. Well, anyway, hey, Ant, I appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll have Anytime, you on more in the future. Um, you got more and more content coming out for us, which I appreciate given the downtime. But we're about to wander back on up with hockey coming on. So once again, Anthony, appreciate you coming on. Quick funny story about that. Uh, when this whole season like resumption thing uh, – not resumption. When the season suspension started, I was in Florida. And I was driving somewhere at an Uber driver – and he actually ended up being Jay Pandolfo's cousin. But I was telling him, I'm a big Devils fan. I write for a Devils website. And he goes, oh, you know, with uh, I just found out hockey is uh, stopping their season for a little bit. I hope you find something right about it. And I go, oh, don't worry. It won't be too long. Oh, my God. I wish I could eat those words. <laughs> there you go. Jay Pandolfo, uh, what would you say? It was his brother or cousin? His cousin. There you go. Hey, there you go. Little Devils hockey wherever you go. Yep. <laughs> All right, Ant. Have a good one, man. All nice fun together, guys. baby. <laughs> So once again, appreciate Anthony coming on. Like having guests on the break break our uh, podcast up a little bit. But besides that, we got nothing else for you guys um, in this episode. Want to talk a little bit about scheduling and what we got for you coming up content wise. So the juniors start, I believe, on Christmas Day. So I don't know if that's going to be next episode. Probably going to be next episode. Maybe the episode after we're going to do a pretty lengthy world juniors preview um given our predictions talk about players that are going to be represented so that'll be a fun episode and if this news turns out to be true about the season starting january 13th we're going to have a big nhl season preview episode for y'all devil's preview nhl wide preview predictions projections all that fun stuff maybe a little talk about fantasy hockey maybe a little talk about gambling we'll maybe bring down bar down bets on that episode get some preseason wagers in i don't know we'll have fun with that one but those are two big content wise episodes we're going to have coming up for y'all nhl season coming back maybe the biggest thing to come back since backstreet 
I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. It may uh, be. It uh, may be. Basketball coming back was pretty cool for me. Uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, good to see NHL finally come back. Finally filled the NBA's lead. The NBA got this stuff figured out pretty quickly. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's all we have for you guys this episode. Give you a little uh, sneak peek of what we're going to have for y'all coming down the road. Chris, you got anything else for this one? Let's go Devils, baby. Yes, sir. Um, everyone stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you guys sometime next week.